Would you agree then with that uh, assertion that what the Supreme Court of Appeal uh, decision really does to reaffirm that the prerogative does lie with the Justice Minister, just the prerogative to grant parole, the final say? Yes, very good afternoon to you and thank you for the opportunity. I do agree with those sentiments that you've raised. It is indeed so that uh, the Supreme Court of Appeal, uh, by mouth of Judge uh, Songwe, reaffirmed that position to suggest that ultimately it's a discretionary power that uh, squarely uh, lies within the auspices of the Minister of Justice, in this instance, uh, Mr. Michael Masuta. Uh, and obviously, in terms of the ruling, uh, the matter will now be re- uh, re- uh, re- returned to Masuta and uh, the minister must then make a decision within 90 calendar days uh, whether he is uh, willing to grant parole or not. Um, obviously, the, um, the ultimate result might be that he de- denies uh, such parole application then, uh, this time around, uh, in which event it's then open, obviously, for the defense team of uh, Yanis Bollies to reconsider whether they would like to take the matter once again to the courts uh, based on that dis- discretionary power that then have uh, been affected by the minister. But uh, ultimately, I do think after today's judgment, uh, uh, we have a president to suggest that ultimately, in the final analysis, the Minister of Justice will have the the last say with regard to these kind of matters. Mm. Why is it, though, that uh, Judge Nicolene Janssen van Nievenhuizen had thought that uh, the minister did not have reasonable prospects to appeal her decision? Well, one must one must also uh, consider the the the, 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 the facts of, of of law in terms of the South African um, current position regarding appeals and possible appeals. You must ob- obviously seek uh, permission to appeal to next level, uh, and very seldom is a judge that handed down a judgment, especially where senior counsel were involved, uh, willing to accept the fact that they might have been wrong on the law. Um, but fortunately, that's why we have a a democracy with the, the possible uh, petition procedure that exists, which is exactly what happened in this instance, to ensure that in those one or two instances where we have a judge that is not willing to accept the possibility that he or she could have been wrong, uh, that such a person can in, nonetheless be taken on appeal by means of a petition to the, to the next level judge, uh, the, the, in this instance, uh, the judge president of the Supreme Court of Appeal. So uh, all in all, there are always these checks and balances that do exist in our law, uh, to exactly make position uh, provision for this kind of situation. Hmm. Now, I want you to please uh, unpack this or explain this to us. Uh, the judgment stating the procedural irregularity began when the parole board submitted the respondent's profile for the minister's consideration on the basis of information which included the victim impact statement submitted to it without affording the respondent an opportunity to respond thereto. Yes, one must, cons- uh, one, must be, one must look at it from a practical point of view. Ultimately, what, what happens is the, the parole board, uh, and in this instance what's now going to happen, the same for the Minister of Justice, will have, will have a situation where we must consider uh, two positions. Obviously, in terms of the so-called Audi Alterum Partner Principle, in other words, the rules of natural justice, both parties, and where more than one or two parties are involved, all the parties' version must be placed before such a a, a board or parole board or, in this instance, the minister, to consider and take into account. Um, There's no one single factor that that counts more than the other. Everything must be looked at, and then some kind of a balance must be struck 
between these various stances and versions. And obviously, in this specific instance, we will have two total op- opposite uh, sides to the coin. And somewhere in the middle is probably the right answer. The question that ultimately must be answered by the Minister of Justice in this specific instance is whether, after 24 years incarceration, whether Janus Wallace have um, sufficiently rehabilitated to such an extent that that person can be left out uh, into the public again. Uh, obviously, from the complainant's uh, point of view, uh, the victim, Mrs. Uh, Mpo, uh, the widow of uh, the late Mr. Chris Arney, um, the family is obviously opposed against such a stance. And um, somewhere in between these two, the experts, and in other words, the psychiatrists, the psychologists, and other experts that have been dealing with uh, Janis Valis in jail will have to um, put up some version before in terms of a report to the minister, and they must suggest, based on their legal and their other uh, expertise, what do they think should be the outcome. All right, thank you, sir. it's It's not an easy question, obviously. Hmm. All right, thank you so much for speaking to us and sharing uh, your insights. Legal expert Dr. Lou Allen Kerr Lewis.